the Raptors are the champs. What's next for KD and the Warriors? And Anthony Davis traded to the Lakers. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Win or Lose. I hope everybody's having a great week. Thanks for joining me again. I appreciate all the love. The NBA season is over. The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions, beating the Golden State Warriors four games to two to win their franchise's first NBA championship, first professional championship for Canada. Oh, Canada, our home and native. I heard that national anthem way more than I ever heard in my life as far as sports, but I get it. Congratulations to the Raptors beating the Golden State Warriors. Total team effort. The Raptors, they looked pretty good. They got got a couple of breaks, but you can't fault them for that. They took advantage of it. They looked good. At some points of the game, they looked kind of nervous as far as like didn't know how to win and close out. I thought they should have won the series in five games, but it took them six. Nonetheless, they NBA champions. And you got to give them credit. You know, first year coach Nick Nurse, it was a lot of questions. Could he come in here and basically, you know, put his own stitch on the team? You know, they fired Dwayne Casey, who won coach of the year last year, brought a new guy in here. There's a lot of controversy surrounding that decision, but I think it was the right decision. The guy seemed to love him. Everybody got behind him. And I thought he outcoached Steve Kerr in the finals. I thought he had the more healthier team, and he took advantage of it. He made some plays and did some things that I thought, you know, you know, he put his own, like I said, pack on the team that that Dwayne Casey didn't have last year. They were definitely a better defensive team, a better offensive team, and just a better structured team all around. Of course, picking up Kawhi Leonard has something to do with that. He played at an MVP level. He was the Finals MVP. Picking him up from the Spurs, a guy who played only nine games last year, you didn't 100% know what you were going to get. That's why I like Ujiri making the pickup, rolling the dice with this team, getting them over the hump because they were always close in the East. Just ran into LeBron, you know, make a couple of tweaks here. You get a lucky LeBron goes to the West. You trade for Kawhi. You add new coach with just different philosophy. And here you are, NBA champs. I like what the Raptors did. I'm happy for them. They deserve it. And they're going to be a good team from here, you know, for the next couple of years. As if Kawhi Leonard decides to stay, he's going to be a free agent. And they're saying, you know, he might want to go back home and play for the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, it's kind of hard to win a championship and then leave for an unknown team with the Clippers, especially in the Western Conference. But, you know, where you live is important. Who you around, seeing your family every day, seeing your friends. I understand that. But it's kind of hard to win a championship. It's not just like you got a whole city and state around you. Kawhi got the whole country behind him in Canada. Me, personally, I would come back and defend my title. I want it. Let's bring our same guys back. I think Siakam's going to get better. Van Fleet is going to be, be get better. He's been huge for them. I think those young guys are only going to get better. 
you still keep your veterans around, your Kyle Lowry's and your Mark Gasol's and your Sergi Baca's. I think this team can win it again next year. But like I said, it's the key is if Kawhi wants to stay or does he want to go back home and play in front of family and friends where he's comfortable at in the United States. That's what basically what the Raptors' chances of repeating comes down to is Kawhi's decision. Or even if they're even a playoff team. I still think they got enough talent to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, whether Kawhi stays or goes. But this team, you know, they're a great defensive team. They came together. Nobody at the beginning of the season said the Raptors would win it all. But they did. Like I said, they got a couple of breaks with Golden State injuries, but they took advantage of it. You know, there's a lot of teams in the West that didn't even take advantage of it. Portland and Houston. <coughs> but they're NBA champions now. You can never take that away from them. There's no asterisk when you win championships. You get the ring. It's in the record books. Kawhi Leonard, two-time champion, finals MVP. It's a lot of veterans on that team. Sergi Bacas, Mark Gasols, Kyle Lowry's, who've been grinding for years. It's good to see them finally win the championship. Basketball in Canada. It's a real thing now. Toronto Raptors, your NBA world champions. The Golden State Warriors came up just a little bit short in the NBA Finals. It was tough because they really didn't get a good chance, a really a fair chance to defend their title. It was injury after injury, Durant being the big one. Then Clay got hurt in the Finals. Looney Iguodala looked like he was, you know, just in pain just to run up and down the court. Draymond Green had injuries. And it just took his toll on them but you got to give them credit the heart of a champion they kept on fighting I thought it should have been over a couple of times they wouldn't go away they showed their fight but they were just too many men down you know it wasn't a fair fight after a while Toronto was the more healthy and just the better team you could kind of see that like after game three but like I said to give the Warriors credit they kept fighting they wouldn't go away and they showed the heart of a true champion uh, in my opinion, now that you look at it, it might be easier to say this now, but I think the Warriors would have been better off getting swept. You know, you wouldn't have the Clay injury going into next year. You wouldn't have the KD. He's out all next year. And it's kind of hard. I don't know where they go from here. It's going to be kind of it's going to be kind of hard pressed to even make the playoffs next year in a load Western Conference. This teams is going to come back a lot better. And you lose Thompson until February. Durant's out for the year if he even does decide to come back. So it's like, we've seen what this team looked like in game three with Clay and Durant off the court. It's going to have to be like that first year when Durant left Westbrook and OKC when Westbrook had to do everything just to get 45 wins. I think that's how we're going to see Golden State next year. Steph Curry is going to have to basically average 35 points a game just to keep them above water. I don't even know if that would be good enough. It's going to be hard for Golden State to make the playoffs next year. I feel kind of bad because they're such a great team. They were just so miles ahead of everybody else. But that's the thing about sports. You know, you can't never, you know, 
know when an injury or when something like this is going to happen. In five straight years to the finals, over 100 games every year, it takes its toll on even the best teams. And it hit the Warriors this year, and it's also going to cost them next year. We'll see. Like I said, I think they would have been better off getting swept. They wouldn't have had this problem, but, you know, they're not going to go out like that. They kept fighting, even with the injury. They made no excuses. They gave Toronto the credit. And I know they will fight next year, but it's only so much you can do. It's only so much you can do, especially if they give Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson both max deals. For two players who are not going to even play next year, it's going to be kind of hard to build around, build around that. I think they're going to lose Boogie Cousins. I think he's going to go go get paid somewhere else. He kind of took a discount to join them, trying to chase the championship, and it didn't work out for him. But it's going to be hard to kind of, you know, put some pieces around them. With two of your best players down, you know, you're not going to be able to really sign nobody, you know, because you don't have too much money to give out. I think Eagle Dollar will come back next year. Like I said, it's going to be kind of tough to see where Golden State goes from here. But if they lose Kevin Durant, that might, you know, in a strange way, kind of help them to go out and get a couple of key players to go to the bench, to get a nice solid, you know, two to be the starter until Clay comes back, to kind of keep them above water. They keep them to make a playoff team. You got Draymond Green coming back. Eagle Dollar said he's going to be back. Of course, you got Steph. So if you can add a couple of free agent pieces there, if Durant decides to leave, I think that might be your best bet. But if Durant says he wants to come back, you're going to give him a max deal. I think you owe it to him. Klay Thompson's getting a max deal. You really don't have nothing else to really build around that team while those two are out. It would be hard-pressed to see Golden State making the playoffs. If they do, it might be a sixth seed, seventh or eighth. I don't see it them being in the top five in the Western Conference. Not in the Western Conference, maybe in the East. As for Kevin Durant, um, I think he felt the pressure. He's a competitor. He wanted to go out there and play. He knew he wasn't 100%, but he wanted to ride with his teammates. You can't fault him for that. But at some point, somebody has to be the grown-up in the room. You know, I know he's a grown man, but sometimes you got to be smart. So that's why you got, you know, you you got your coach as far as boxing. You got somebody in the corner to let you know, look, you're not going back out there. You know, you got your somebody who you 100% close to and, you you know, you know, their word is great. Look, we're not going to put you out on the court. So a lot of people who say, yeah, get back out there. Yeah. I think Golden State, you know, it was more important to them to win this championship and get their three-peat and go down in history than the rest of Kevin Durant's career. I really believe that. I mean, I know he's a grown man and he wanted to go out there and play and, you know, he, he wanted that. You know, I think he's kind of sensitive and he probably was sick of people, you know, saying, oh, does he really love the team? He's got one foot out the door anyway. He doesn't care about us. And he's a cupcake. And, you know, every little thing gets to him. So I think he felt the pressure and rushed himself back. He wasn't ready. It was a bad mistake, and now it's going to cost him this year. I mean, next year coming up, and who knows if he'll be the same player coming back. We don't know. Next time he plays, he'll be 32 years old. Is he going to stay in Golden State? 
Is he going to go start somewhere new? I don't know if that would be a smart decision at this point of his career, you know, going to an unknown instead of, you know, once you get healthy, you know, you're already on a championship team. But we'll see, you know, to each his own. He might, you know, he might just – it was going to be just a three-year thing in Golden State, and I was going to move on with the rest of my career. Maybe he's just not happy there. I don't know. I don't know how you can get upset with winning championships, but, you know, like I said, to each his own. Who knows? But like I said, I wish it was somebody who was just like, look, you're not going to go play. Because people would do any damn thing if, you know, they don't have that – person in the room that says no like my kids will wake up every day and eat cookies for breakfast but me saying no you're not going to do that that's what Kevin Durant he needs somebody that said no you're not doing it you know your health is more important to us you going forward the next five to seven years is more important than this you know three games we've got left in this series but it's easy to say that now it is what it is. It's going to be interesting to see how this Warrior team looks next year. Will they be competitive? I think they will, but they definitely will not be a championship contender next year. It has finally become official. Anthony Davis is now a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. We kind of seen this brewing a while. We kind of thought it would happen just a little later than we thought. I thought Magic could pull it off, but it didn't work out. The two brothers couldn't get it done. Magic Johnson and the then general manager of the Pelicans, Daryl Dempster, Dale Dempster, whatever his name is, they fired him as soon as it didn't happen right then and there and Magic quit. So Rob Palenka and the Pelicans' new general manager, David Griffin, finally got the deal done, sending Anthony Davis to the Lakers. They end up getting Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four pick, and two more first-round picks after that. Uh, Lakers gave up a lot. They was able to keep Kyle Kuzma. I know New Orleans wanted him also, but they gave up a lot. And I think that's what you had to do to get Anthony Davis. I think they're in that you know mode right now where they they need to win now. And you got two you know top five players in the league. Lakers should be one of the favorites to win it next year. Depends on how they play Anthony Davis. I think that's going to be the key if they win it or not next year. But like I said, I think it's a a great deal for both teams. You know, I think New Orleans is going to be good. Their future is bright. They got a lot of young talent. They got rid of Anthony Davis, a guy who didn't want to be there. You know, and he gets to go to the Lakers where he gets to play in the playoffs and with a chance to compete for a championship. Now, let me start with uh, how, you know, for New Orleans. You already got the first pick in the draft, you know. I think that's going to be Zion. I think that's pretty safe to say he will be the first pick. And you got point guard and Lonzo Ball. I don't know if they're, they're going to keep him. Who knows what the future may hold. The draft coming up on Thursday. It could be a couple more blockbuster trades. Who knows? But as for now, they got Lonzo Ball to go with Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram. 
You got the number four pick, so, you know, best available. Who's there at number four? Who knows? That also could be a guy that can come in, a nice young nucleus to build with the rest of you guys. You got going there, a good coach in Alvin Gentry who likes to, you know, run. It's going to be a lot of running and gunning. He likes to run. You know, he's cut from that D'Antoni cloth. So I like what New Orleans got out of this trade. I mean, it's kind of really like handcuffed because the Lakers was really the only team Anthony Davis was going to sign with. So that's the only team they really got to really could work with. So that kind of made it tough, but they got the best they could get out of it. I like what they're going. I like what they're building. They may not be a playoff team next year, but in the next two or three years, this is going to be a team that's going to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. Now they got to, you know, get more mature and add some veterans to the piece. You know, they got a holiday and a couple of other guys, but you need to get more veterans on the team with these young guys. And I like what they're doing. I'm gonna see. I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with this number fourth pick. Are they gonna keep it? Are they gonna trade for someone? I'm very interested. As for the Lakers, this is what they wanted. LeBron always wanted uh, Anthony Davis. Seemed like he was targeted for a while. With them both having the same agent, and they got him there. You know, took long enough. I thought Magic had it done, but. Oh, well, it don't matter how it got it done. The Lakers management is still bad. I mean, Anthony Davis really wanted to be here, so they really did nothing special, in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think Lakers are definitely one of the favorites next year, you know, to win it all. But like I said, it depends on how they play Anthony Davis. Now, I think he, you know, it should be one and one A with him and LeBron. It shouldn't be no LeBron one and he's two. I think it should be LeBron one and Anthony Davis is one A. I don't want him out there just being a perimeter player or just standing around while LeBron dribbles the ball all the time. Get him down there in the post. Make sure he still got his 20 to 22 touches a game. And you got to build around the guys. I mean, you, you kept Kuzma. I don't know what else you got to do, but that's why they make the big bucks. You got to go out here and put some, mix some veterans and youngsters around this team. And like I said, this team should be one of the favorites to win it next year. Free agency's coming up. It'd be interesting to see where the Lakers go with that. They got a couple of options. You know, they could either, you know, go out and get one of the big free agents or they could, you know, sprinkle it out and bring just a whole bunch of nice veterans in, get their bench together, and we'll see where it goes from here. There's talk that there might be a, you know, need a point guard now since they traded Lonzo Ball. I think Rajon Rondo was only signed for one year, so they might bring him back or they might let him walk. I don't know, but there's talk that, you know, Kyrie Irving might be an option. Let's talk about free agency a little bit. Kyrie Irving might be an option because uh, evidently, like, he's breaking up with the Boston Celtics, and I don't think they know it yet. But, you know, you know when you, you try to be a nice person, you're like, you don't want to cut a certain person off, so you stop answering your phone. You stop answering your texts. Then eventually they'll get the message. I don't know. The Boston Celtics said they haven't heard from Kyrie Irving in three weeks. I think Celtics, can you, can you take a hint? He's breaking up with you without telling you. I don't want to be with you no more. I don't want to be mean and tell you it's over, but I'm not answering my phones no more. I'm not answering your texts. Get the message, Celtics. Kyrie's breaking up with you. He may go to Brooklyn. I heard the Lakers are an option. The Knicks might still be on the table. But I doubt if he'll be returning to Boston. He's moved on. They still haven't got the hint. 
But eventually when he signs with another team, then eventually they'll get the hint. So I think he could be an option for the Lakers. I don't know. They just have to, you know, I think they might need to use it to just go get some veterans and tough guys. Like I said, you might bring Rondo back. Uh, Collison is a point guard you can go after. And he get some toughness on the bench. You know, one of the Morris twins, Markeith or Marcus. I like one of them. Didn't want the Lakers to sign one of those guys. That would be good. As for the rest of the other free agents, I mean, Kevin Durant, even with the Achilles injury, he's going to get the max deal. I mean, you know who he is. He's Kevin Durant. You know who he is. It might be in New York. He might go back to Golden State, but wherever it is, I think he'll get the max deal. Clay Thompson's going to go back to Golden State. I think that's pretty obvious. He's going to go back to Golden State. Lakers could also target Kimba Walker, who said something interesting about a week ago. He said he would uh, take less money to go back to Charlotte. And, you know, I... I didn't know what to think when, huh? You you got you gotta be kidding me, right? Take less money to go back to Charlotte and win 38 games and not make the playoffs again? You got to be kidding me, Kimba Walker. For they can build a team around you. I mean, let's look at this. Let me let me get this straight. Let me get this straight, Kimba. So you're gonna take less money to go back to a team. Nicholas Batum is making 24 million. He averaged nine points a game last year. Bismack Biombo is making 17 million. He averaged four points a game last year. Marvin Williams just opted in. He's making 15 million. He averaged 10 points a game. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, 13 million. He averaged six points a game. And you want to take less to come back and play with these scrubs? Well, you can't they can't build nothing around you. Because they're giving all these scrubs all the money. Y'all ain't got no money to go help nobody to build around you. And you want to take less? I, I just don't know. Kimber Walker is that guy that, that's, you know, been cheated on and been abusive relationships and gets treated like crap. But he still wants to find some way to work it out. We, we going to work it out. We got to find a way to work it out. Kimber, get the hell out of Charlotte. Go to a team. Get as much money as you want. And try to win a championship. You're about to be 30 this next upcoming season. You ain't got time to be playing with this. This relationship's over. It's not working. Go somewhere where you can win. Are you kidding me? If I do come back to Charlotte, I want everything y'all got. All the money y'all got, give it all to me. I want the super max, 200 and something million. I'm coming up to Michael Jordan like Samuel L. Jackson on Men's to Society. Don't you think it's about time you give me my money? You mean you ain't got my money? Talking about I better pay or else. Every little thing you got, Kimber Walker, with this bad franchise, I love Michael Jordan, but he has done a horrible job of getting talent around you and getting winning pieces out there. You take everything you can get if you go back to Charlotte. If not, you tell him, kick rocks, I'm going to a good team, and I'm winning championships. I can't believe he said that. He had to be on a Charlotte TV and something to make the fans happy because that makes absolutely no sense. I want Kimber Walker to go to a winner. Get the hell out of Charlotte. Kawhi Clippers or Raptors. It's going to be interesting. This free agency is going to be fun. I can't wait to see it. I want to see what the Lakers put around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's going to be fun summer. NBA.
all season long. The NBA draft is this Thursday. A lot of good college players. So top three, we know Zion's going to go number one. The top three is going to be Zion, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett. And it's kind of consensus that the rest of the guys are kind of like, you know, substitute teachers or, you know, jag guys, just another guy. So it's going to be kind of tough. You're really going to have to go out on a limb and really like do your study and do your homework to get a top good player, potential all-star, good rotation player, they say, after three. From four on, that's when the madness is going to start in the draft. But I'm going to give you my top five college players who I think will make immediate impact in the NBA and their game will transfer good to the next level I'm going to give you my top five I'm going to start with number five I'm going to start with Jared Culver guard at Texas Tech I think he's a good player I think he's got the type of game that will transfer good to the NBA I see a little DeMar DeRozan in him but I think he's a better playmaker at this stage of his game than DeRozan was he can play the one or the two he gets his teammates involved. He has a nice mid-range game. He can slash to the hole. He's a decent defender. Like I said, he's got the good mid-range game. He's got three-point shot. Needs to get a little bit better, but I think it's solid right now. And it will get better once he puts more into it. I want to see a little bit more of a killer instinct. You know, sometimes he takes a lot of bad shots, but I think he has the type of game. He's like a 6'5", and he, like I said, he can defend one or two and play the one or the two. I think his game will translate good to the NBA, Jared Culver. Number four, I'm going to go with P.J. Washington, a sophomore out of Kentucky. He kind of reminds me of a slimmer, you know, more athletic Carlos Boozer. He can run the floor. You can give it to him in the post. He's got a mid-range jump shot. You know, like I said, he's more athletic and get up there and catch alley-oops. You know, not great rim defender, but an okay rim defender. You know, needs to get his defense a little bit better. I don't know if they want to play him at the three or the four in the NBA. I think he can play both positions. I think his game also translates good to the NBA. P.J. Washington. At number three, I'm going to go with Rui Hachimura out of Gonzaga. Good defender, good post moves, good, you know, IQ for the NBA. You know, good body for the NBA. I think he's already NBA ready. I thought he was NBA ready last year. But he took another year at Gonzaga, got a little bit more experience. I think that's going to help him out. You know, in this new NBA, I think he needs to develop a jump shot, a three-point shot. He's kind of an old-school, big guy. Give it to me in the post. Let me do my work down there. But in this new NBA, he's going to have to get a jump shot. But I think he's, as far as post-game and defense, I think he's already NBA ready. I think he's going to have a good NBA rookie season. Number two, I'm going to go with Darius Garland, point guard out of Vanderbilt. He's a great shooter. This guy can shoot it. He's good in pick and roll. Makes his own. He can make his own play. Kind of like what the typical point guard is in the NBA. Score first. Get the team involved. You know, set a tone. Get out there and get some buckets. Shoot threes. I think he can do that. A lot of people might be scared. He had a knee injury in college that he only played 
six or seven games, but don't let that scare you. I think his game translates great to the NBA. Another scoring point guard. I think he will go in the top five, maybe top six, but he's definitely a player you want on your team. He can score the ball like no other. And my number one, I think, will translate good. I think this guy should be the number four pick in the NBA draft, and that's DeAndre Hunter, 6'7", 225, went to Virginia, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be a good 3 and D guy. He's a good shooter. He can catch and shoot. You know, he needs to work on his, you know, work on his ball handling and work on making his own plays, you know, getting to the bucket. But like I said, he's a great defender. One of those guys you can put on your best perimeter player and let him take him out the game. Kind of reminds me of Kawhi when he came out of San Diego State. Wasn't known for his offense, but eventually once he's developed that, he can be a top player in this league. I think defensively he's already there, but his offense needs to catch up a little bit. And I think he'll be a great pro. He's going to have a good rookie season. I think he should go, go number four, but who knows what the Pelicans are thinking. They might draft for need, but these are my top five players. There's also some good players that you might want to look out for. I think Kevin Porter is going to be good. Kim Reddish, he just needs to develop. He's still young and immature, but once he's developed, I think he's going to be good. Cameron Johnson is a good shooter. That's also great for this new NBA. You need as much shooting and spacing on the floor as you need, but these are my top five guys other than the big three. You know, we'll see where these guys go, but I think they all will have a major impact in their first year in the NBA. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Win or Lose.